Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! To the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. We are live. Joe Galena, the Fantasy Jesus, along with Jim Day, the Fantasy Taz, bringing in all his uh, Tasmaniacs from Tasmania. What's going on, Jim? Hey, how you doing, Joe? Uh, another Saturday, another three-hour segment where we get to cover all the games. I mean, life doesn't get any better than this. Absolutely not. I mean, today uh, in the Northeast, gray, ugly day, just like a cozy day to just hang out and just chat about football. Uh, also want to welcome uh, Hall of Famer Marshall Falk to the network. Uh, worked on the uh, the morning show. Is going to be doing uh, Saturdays and Sundays. And, and man, if I had a chance I, to to meet him, I I thank him for all the years of uh, fantasy production he provided my teams. I, I you know I just I, I looked at his numbers, man. <laughs> and like from '98 to 2002, he was he wasn't just a, a running back. He was a, a running back and a wide receiver. I mean, some wide receivers would kill to have some of the numbers that he put up uh, in his prime year to year. Uh, he's one of my favorite players of all time. I love to watch mm-hmm. him play. You know, exciting every time he touched the ball. You just never knew what he was going to do with it. Uh, yeah, I, I can't believe he's uh, he's joining the FS, FNTSY network, and I am so jealous I don't get to work in the studio with him. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at his numbers, especially from 98 to 2002. He averaged 1,278 rushing yards, a little over 10 touchdowns. Uh, on the ground per season. And on top of that, he averaged a little over 83 catches and 817 uh, receiving yards and almost six touchdowns uh, a year receiving-wise. So, like I said, uh, uh, what a dual threat, man. Yeah, what he said. Exactly agree. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, welcome uh, to Marshall Falk. Week 8. Can you believe it? We keep on saying this. So, you know, last week, we're like, week 7, can't believe it. Week 8, can't believe it. I mean, we're, sm- <laughs> <laughs> we're smack down uh, in the middle of uh, our fantasy football seasons. How's it going for you? Uh, it's going well. You know, hey, like everybody else, I have some good teams. I got some bad teams. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when you have as many teams as I have, you pretty much run the gamut from, you know, I have – Plenty of seven O teams. I have. Uh, I unfortunately, I don't have any O and seven teams, but I do have a couple of one and six teams. So it happens to us all. Sure, absolutely. And uh, like you, you know, I have a mixed gamut of, of, of teams. I'm only in. I think it's four or five leagues, and uh, doing yeah, well hard to count couple. that high. Exactly, I can't. You know, you know why? Because the fifth one is one of these where you don't even pay attention to it. You know, you just, you know, you, you made your draft, and that's it. There's just no paying attention to it, really. There's nothing to so do. So, best ball league it. is what you're saying. No, best ball league oh, is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I said. Best ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a wise ass today. Okay, <laughs> it's going to be that kind of a day, you know. But uh, you know, th- there are some weeks where you know your, your teams, your fantasy teams, just tank. Last week was just like. Green lights ahead of me because I, I had a really good week. So hopefully you could continue. Uh, but I've had some crappy weeks too. So like everyone, right? The, we got, we got, uh, yeah, we, week four was like that for me this year. <laughs> week four was like my killer across the board. Yeah, yeah. Everybody I liked just did nothing. <laughs> right, right. It happens. It happens. Uh, so this week we've got four teams on a bye again. And uh, we'll just uh, go through uh, some of these teams. By the way, you got to – 
jam-packed show for you. Going to try to break down as many, if not all, of these games uh, for week eight that we can uh, from a fantasy perspective, from a, a gambling perspective, a DFS perspective. Uh, try to get you all caught up with uh, the news that has happened this week and uh, a big story since we, we've last met uh, Taz. We have um, Cowboys on a bye, and uh, obviously they, uh, they acquired a pretty big-name wide receiver in Amari Cooper. Uh, so uh, what do we think that this is going to do? I mean, there's a lot of, uh, of stuff to speculate on, not only for his uh, personal fantasy value, but the, the, the whole team in general. I mean, the Cowboys, uh, three and four, except for, for the Giants, NFC East uh, seems to be uh, wide open. I mean, uh, it looks like this trade at the outset uh, – Gives uh, Cooper an upgrade at quarterback, I would think. No, I mean, a lot of people don't like Prescott. I, I think that given the, the tools and the weapons, I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Uh, I think he's better than Tannehill or Osweiler. I'll give you that. And, you know, if he can get back to the way he looked at his rookie year, I, I'd agree with you. He, he's looking better the last couple of weeks. Uh, it seems like he has a little bit more confidence, a little bit more control than he did early in the season. Mm-hmm. And, you know, getting another good wide receiver should help that. I'm not the biggest Mari Cooper fan. Anybody who's ever listened to me knows that. Yeah. But it does give Dak another viable weapon he could use that, you know, they're going to pay, you know, they paid good money giving up a first-round pick for him, so he's absolutely going to get the opportunities. You don't give away a first-round pick and then not throw the ball to the guy, so they're going to absolutely do that, which should then actually open up the field for everybody else, including Ezekiel Elliott. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, do you think that they uh, they paid too much for him and giving up a first-round pick? Uh, personally, I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but they're they're thinking about what they could get out of him. You know, this year maybe go beyond that. Still a young wide receiver, only 24. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about the fact that he's what like six months older than Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but he's got four years' experience in the league. My whole problem is he's always been inconsistent. Now, mm-hmm. could that have been David Carr? Very much, it could be. Let's mm-hmm. see what happens with Dak. But mm-hmm. you know, the one thing we have seen with Dak is that. None of his wide receivers have been consistent either. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that really bodes very well for them. There's a lot of fantasy owners out there right now overpaying for Omari Cooper. Mm. Hey, I was going to ask you if, you know, and I've been like you, I've been a very vocal critic of Amari Cooper uh, throughout the years. But uh, when, when you look at his underlying stats, you know, supposedly he creates the fourth most yards of separation per target. I, mean, I guess that means he's open often. And he hasn't been dropping as many passes this season uh, uh, <laughs> as he has in the past. And uh, hey, Derek Carr, uh, I mean, I, I think Prescott we, we, is, is an upgrade from Derek Carr. And uh you know, Prescott should do a better job of getting him the of Cooper the ball. Uh, but uh, you, you know, you mentioned that a lot of uh, fantasy players might be overpaying for Cooper. Uh, would he be somebody that you try to uh, buy low on? And you feel that maybe some fantasy players aren't buying low enough on? <laughs> uh, no, uh, he'd be somebody I'd sell high on right now, based mm. on you know what could ha- ha- possibly happen in Dallas. I'm sure there's people, uh, like I said, that are overpaying for him right now. So he would be a sell for me. He's not a buy. Look, it, he may prove me wrong, and I'll be okay with that if I am mm. wrong. Mm-hmm. But again, this is a guy who, in 40% of his games in his career, his four-year career, uh, you know, has been a wide receiver two or better. That means 60 games he has not. 60% mm-hmm. of the games he has not. And that's just not consistent enough for me. It might change in Dallas, but I'm not buying it as much as everybody else seems to be. So I, I am definitely on the sell high uh, range with him right now because his value may never get better. Come on, Taz. He's Amari Cooper. He played for Alabama. Come on. <laughs> well, look at look what he did so far this season. I know, Every other week, he had a good game. So mm-hmm. right now, two out of five games were good games for him, right. uh, you know, which is right close to that uh, week seven. You know, week six, he only had the one target. Uh, just I, I'm not sure what the heck happened there. But obviously, they were done with him, and they showed it. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I look, he's still a young, talented receiver. If he can, you know, hold on to the ball and, you know, Dak and him form some kind of, you know, relationship, then absolutely he could – beat what I'm thinking he's going to do, but I, I'm just not buying it yet. Mm. And uh, the uh, Raiders look like they're uh, prepping for 2020 
in, in Vegas, no? <laughs> what, yeah. what do they have, like five um, first-round picks within the next couple of years? Is that what they have? Yes, it's something yeah. like that, five or yeah. six, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, they definitely got a lot of picks coming up, and, you know, that's mm-hmm. what Gruden is, is pushing for right now. He he wants to build the team that he wants, and, you mm-hmm. know, he's going to have control for, what, 10 years was his freaking contract? Yes. Yep, yep, um, yep. So, yeah, he, he, he wants to build his team, and that's what he's going to do. Don't be surprised if they move a couple more people by Tuesday. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, never know. I mean, uh, I don't know what they'd get for Jordy Nelson, but he's the guy. And then, uh, you know, now, so now maybe Martavis Bryant, you may be looking to get him a little bit more involved if he can, if, he, if he's learned the, the playbook uh, since, since the start of the season. Uh, so I guess we'll see. But uh, yeah, like I said, don't, well, don't, don't. Don't bypass one guy here. Seth Roberts might be a sneaky play here. He, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I could see them using him a lot in the slot. And, you know, he might not be the, the first or second most targeted receiver on the team. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't doubt if he's the most consistent going forward. There you go. Okay, good point, good point. And, of course, uh, tight end uh, Jerry Cook also will continue to be uh, heavily used, of course, right? Um, uh, Cowboys, like I said, three and four. Uh, that NFC East up, up for grabs. You think this this helps them overall? I mean, the well, I, I think it's got to it's got to open up the offense a little bit. It has to, uh, mm-hmm. which will force defenses to open up as well. You know, they should be running three wides a lot of times here, uh, with no real tight end. Swain still banged up. Uh, so, you know, I, I expect them to run a lot of three wides. And because of that, it should open the field, which should definitely give uh, Ezekiel Elliott more running room and, and get him more involved as well. It should definitely open up this offense. All right. All right. So uh, let's move on to the other team uh, that is on a bye this week. We'll try to get through uh, the teams that are on a bye, kind of do like a, a, a synopsis of what's happening this season so far. The Titans are three and four. Uh, five of their seven games have been decided by three points or less. So keep that in mind if you're a gambler, right? Uh, they lost by a point last week to the Chargers. Uh, fourth fewest points allowed in football. Uh, Corey Davis, a lot of talent, but just overall been disappointed. Disappointing. Uh, Taiwan Taylor been disappointed. Tajay Sharp, uh, 7 for 101 last week. But I mean, basically, you know, Mariota's had uh, an off year, another off year. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Delaney Walker, season and the injury. You got to wonder if that's part of uh, what's going on. Maybe he's playing with an injury. Uh, you know, Jonu Smith done nothing replacing Delaney Walker. <laughs> it, yeah, right. No, he's, he's yeah. definitely not not yeah. involved in any way, shape, or form. Look, yeah. uh, right. there's nobody on this offense you can confidently start each and every week. Hopefully now, we, we saw Deion Lewis finally have a good game last week. Mm-hmm. Maybe that you know starts a trend and we get to see what everybody expected to see out of him early in the season. Nobody really thought Derrick Henry was going to do much. You know, he's one of those grinder guys that, you know, if they get him at the one-yard line, he could score you some touchdowns downs, but they're just not doing that often enough for that to come together. And, you know, Deion Lewis needs to be invested in that passing game because, you know, when he does, at least it gives this team a little bit of a better offense. And, you know, hopefully we see that trend continue right now. uh, He is the only guy on the team that I even would want a piece of Corey Davis while getting a ton of targets just isn't doing anything with him. Hmm. So Deion Lewis is your guy that you'd buy low on in an attempt to buy low on yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. i I would take the shot on him that they they Mm -hmm. finally start using him you know the way we envisioned in the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. and mariota three touchdowns five interceptions on the season you know he missed a little time well i think he had a elbow injury what are we thinking about him do we think that it's you know part scheme part him just not developing part uh injury what are we thinking about mariota Oh, not much. Uh, <laughs> look, have it, have it I, been I, in a I, second I, thought? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I didn't like him coming into the season because I thought there were so many viable quarterbacks. So I don't really mm-hmm. have a lot invested in him personally. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are concerns. And then when he did have the shoulder or hand injury, whichever way it was, uh, we did know that, you know, for several weeks he was still having tingling in his hand and, you know, hard to grip the football. And I think part of that is still this. You know, he's still having some issues with that and he's trying to play through it and doing the best he can because the alternative to him is just pure garbage so at least he still gives the team um 
you know, a better option to win each and every week than anything else they have currently. Uh, mm-hmm. Could they go out and make a trade? No, I, I still think they consider him their franchise quarterback. Uh, still 24, young guy, uh, you know, has shown that he can play in this league when fully healthy. They just need to get him there. Yeah, and uh, you, defense has really kept them uh, alive this season. Like I mentioned, they're three and four. Uh, now the Texans are starting to run away with this AFC South with their uh, fifth straight win that they got uh, Thursday. Oh, yeah, that, you know, Texans, hey, look, again, another quarterback that you have to worry about being injured. Um, you know, he, he playing with the bruised lung and, you know, the bruised ribs and all that. And he's really going to get tested next week when they go to Denver and play in my high stadium um, because mm. that thin air up there is really going to hurt him if his, you know, if he's still having issues with the lung and the ribs. Mm-hmm. That alone makes it hard to breathe. That thin air is going to make it ten times worse. If he's still hurting from the ribs and the lung, you're going to see him on an oxygen mask every time he comes off the field uh, next week. So we're going to have a, a big tell of what we could see from him. Look, he played well this week, but I don't know if it was all him or just the fact that Miami's defense was just nowhere to be found. You know, three of his touchdown passes were to wide open receivers with nobody around them. Miami's defense, nowhere to be found. And sometimes you abbreviate Miami by M-I-A. They were missing in action. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> How do you like that? I just I just came up with that. I'm the, Wow. You are the guru, Joe. I don't know what the hell I am. But you're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update. Uh, We'll break down uh, Chargers, Falcons, and we'll start breaking down the games. we got a 9.30 a.m. game tomorrow, guys, uh, in London. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Well, welcome back to Weekend Fantasy Update. Uh, I have a little issues with Joe, and uh, I'm sure he'll be back soon. But uh, right now it's Jim Day Fantasy Taz, and I will hold you over until we get there. Uh, we were talking about teams on by this week, and, you know, we talked about Tennessee uh, being out there. and Not really a lot. We can trust Dallas is on by this week. Also, the Chargers on by, so that definitely is a, a hurting for fantasy owners, you like to, you know, get those charges in your your offense. Uh, Keenan Allen not doing so well so far in the season, uh, but you know I, I love Evan Silva's take on this uh, from Roto World, where he's talking about you know this this is what we saw from Keenan Allen last year. Actually, he was a little worse last year to start the season. Really came on strong in the second half, and you know looking back at that, really good take by Evan on this one, and I totally agree. You know this is going to be a passing offense moving forward to a certain degree with every game Philip Rivers staying in it. So, you know, he's a guy right now that you could probably go out and get very cheaply because nobody's really believing in him. So I go out, I say go out and buy Keenan Allen as much as you can right now. You can get him, you know, fairly cheaply and he could end up being a savior for your fantasy team for the second half. Um, Of course, you know, Everything else we know about the charges and what we're looking at, Gordon, at least it gives him another week to get healthy. So, you know, should be fine by week nine. Good good help there. Um, you know, the other team I buy this week is, of course, Atlanta. 
uh, you know, right across the board, everybody we know about in Atlanta, you know, Tevin Coleman, Edo Smith, all these guys out this week, of course, Julio and uh, Ridley and Sanu and Matt Ryan, who's been playing outstanding football all year. Julio, of course, the talk of the year with Julio is, you know, he keeps catching a million passes, just can't seem to cross the end zone line, getting in to score. So that is definitely an issue going forward because it's become an issue, not because it should be. Um, the man is still, you know, having a great season, catching a ton of balls. And, you know, I think it's going to end up a season like he did last year where he's going to end up scoring two, three, four touchdowns on the year, but still putting up, you know, 14, 1,500 yards by season end, still getting you those great wide receiver one numbers and, you know, people fretting about just the touchdowns is ridiculous, especially in PPR leagues. Standard leagues, I, I get it a little bit more, but he's still getting you over 100 yards receiving almost every week. So uh, no no real bad things there. Um, outside of that, I mean, that's what we got. Next week is one you really got to start paying attention to because in week nine, there's six teams on by. Uh, the Colts, the Bengals, the Giants, uh, the Eagles, uh, the Cardinals, and the Jaguars are all off next week. A lot of fantasy players involved. Make sure you're looking ahead to week nine and you have your team covered with depth to, to get a starting lineup in the game. Start making moves now if you have to, but week nine is when it gets crazy, and then week 11 is another six-team bye week. You got to really pay attention to those now. Get in ahead of the curve. Make sure you have enough depth to cover those two weeks. Very important aspect of at this time of the year as you're trying to make that push to get into the playoffs. You don't want to hit those weeks and realize you need three players off the waiver wires that you're not going to be able to find. Ah, there you go. And you're not going to find great comparables off the waiver wire that week because everybody else will be looking too. So try and grab those people you need for weeks 9 and 11 now. Yeah, great, great uh, advice there, Taz. Uh, not only that, but, you know, you could take a look at uh, some the schedules of, of some of uh, the players around, right, and maybe uh, try to work out a deal. Yeah, absolutely. You want to look mm -hmm. at schedules going forward now if you haven't mm -hmm. already. Uh, you know, some guys have really tough schedules coming up that are, are top players. If you're owning them, you might be looking to make a move to somebody who has a much nicer schedule, especially through the playoffs. So great point there, Joe. Definitely something you should be looking at. Yep, yep, yep. Hey, and uh, just uh, want to take a second and uh, tell our listeners about uh, mybookie.ag. Then we're going to get into a little breakdown of uh, the Chargers season and whatnot. But uh, if you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, try the Props Builder tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. There's no more dealing with late lineup scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up, and choose your matchups using the props builder tool. That's mybookie.ag, and the promo code is FNTSY. So, like we mentioned at the start of the show, uh, four teams on a bike, and uh, we usually like to try to start off the show, just give you a little uh, breakdown of. The teams are on a buy What's been going on in that season so far? Maybe take a look ahead too. But the I, I kind of did that while we while you were gone. Oh yeah, you, who'd you do? Chargers? Yeah, I did Chargers and Atlanta. I mean, oh, there pretty, you much go. pretty oh. safe, safe, simple. Yeah. All right. Fine. Be like that. <laughs> hey, I had to fill air, man. I don't like being my, by myself. I feel like I start talking faster. <laughs> nah, you're fine. You're fine. So why don't we start uh, breaking down some games then? Sounds like a plan yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you're up at the crack of dawn, uh, and uh, tomorrow morning we have uh, a uh, a mid morning uh, matchup between the Super Bowl champion Eagles uh, and the Jaguars. Right? Uh, what do we got here? A 9:30 a.m. start, and we have the Eagles as a three and a half point favorite over the Jaguars. And the over-under is a 43-and-a-half. Both teams, 3-and-4, 
uh, Jaguars really having some issues, huh? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Blake Bortles. Giving up a ton of points the last three weeks. That great defense of theirs. It's just, uh, you know, it, it. maybe they get it right in London. I'm just not sure. They just not, have not looked the same as of late. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, their defense, I mean, I'll, yeah, I saw a lot of uh, fantasy players, you know, diving in and grabbing this defense in their preseason drafts, uh, sometimes seventh, eighth round. And it was the kind of de- – and it was the, but, it, but I didn't agree with the, the, the pick, but it was the kind of defense that you thought that you'd just be able to put in every week and just forget it, you know? But you can't do that. It doesn't work that way. Uh, if you look at defensive scoring, you know, DST-type scoring, mm-hmm. um, at, on a year-to-year basis, every year the top five uh, turnover. It's always different teams. Uh, look, most of the defensive scoring is predicated on lucky touchdowns, return touchdowns, you know, things that really you can't forecast. It, it's just hard. They just happen. You, there's no way to know, you know, when they're going to do it, how they're going to do it. And, you know, every year the teams that are the top three, you know, defensive scoring teams each year move on. And half the time, they're not even in the top 10 in the following season. So mm-hmm. I, I, I love that move when other people do it because frees up another you know, spot for my draft, mm-hmm. another player that, you know, might have been taken is available. But I, I think it's the stupidest move in fantasy football to draft a, a defense early, no matter who the defense is. Yeah, no, I'm with you in that. And, uh, I mean, when you look at the the top defenses, you know, the, like the Vikings were considered a top defense. They've had their issues. Uh, you know, the, the, a lot of people were in on the Rams defense, and uh, they've had their issues as well. So Hey, look at Chicago. Look at how well they started out and look at what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. You know, they started out as a top-scoring fantasy defense. Right now, they're struggling. Right. Absolutely. But uh, Jaguars uh, started to talk. Blake Bortles uh, was benched last week in the middle of the game for uh, Cody Kessler, 2016 Browns third-round pick. And, uh, you know, he's going to start this week, Bortles will. But suppose he is on a short leash. And I'll say it again. 2017, uh, Jaguars ran 50.5% pass plays. 2018, they've had to run almost 65% uh, of pass plays. Last week, it was 71, a little over 71%. So, um, obviously, the uh, injury to Fournette uh, is long-reaching, you know, and We'll see what happens this week. I mean, Carlos Hyde should get some uh, playing time uh, this week. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, I, I think he comes in and, and takes the lion's share. I, I really do. It, it, you know, man, this trade is really crazy to me that they went out and got him. Not that they went out and got him. I like Carlos Hyde. I think he's good back. I think he fits their need perfectly as a power running team. But, you know, why are you bringing him in if they – and they continue to talk about Fournette coming back after the buy. So mm-hmm. why are why pay this kind of money and you know give the draft picks away for a guy you're going to use for three weeks? It's not like T.J. Yeldon has been stinking up the joint. You know right. he's not somebody they consider a starter all year, but he can give you that time frame to get back to Fournette. I would imagine he's done mm-hmm. it so far. Uh, so why bring in somebody like Hyde unless you don't think Fournette's coming back? Hmm. Uh, uh, it's a great point, and I'm thinking that hey, maybe they think he's coming back, but maybe they don't think he's staying. I mean, because you know this guy has just you know, proved in, in his first year and a half in the NFL uh, to be uh, let's no other way of putting it, injury prone. Yeah, I mean, even back uh, to his college days as well. Well, again, and, and I keep bringing this point up, but we can't say that's going to definitively definitively define his future. You know, there's been other people that were considered injury prone at the start of their careers that have gone on, went on to have great careers. Fred Taylor was one. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about them. Matt Stafford was another. First couple of years, couldn't seem to stay on the field, you know, any length of time. And, you know, he's turned himself into a very good NFL and fantasy quarterback over the last 10 years. Uh, you know, so it, it can happen. It's just hard to believe with the consistency that Fournette has been getting and that it will. Mm. Yeah, well, maybe they think, uh, maybe the Jags think their time is now, <laughs> you know, with this defense that they put together. I don't know. I mean, you brought up a good point. I mean, yeah, you can't define, you're right, you can't define uh, Fournette's entire career on uh, what he's done the past year and a half, and uh, it might fix itself, but uh, I guess Jags uh, want to hedge, hedge their bets, right? And, and 
we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, Jags uh, having some problems with their offensive line. They lost uh, f- first string uh, left tackle Cam Robinson to an ACL. Uh, second string <laughs> left tackle Josh Wells. They've they got some issues, too, uh, in their defense as well. No A.J. Bouye this week. Uh, Tyler Patman also. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting game. Uh, plus, you add, add the you know the travel to London and all that yeah. brings about, and you know it it just seems to affect different teams in different ways. And mm-hmm. you know it, this is going to be a, a matchup here because you know Philly has a great run defense, but their pass defense could, you know is giving up a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, Jacksonville you know started the season as a very strong defense. Last three weeks have given up a ton of points, so it, it really mm-hmm. depends on which one of these teams come back to their norm uh, this week as opposed to, you know, continuing the run that they're currently on. Um, You know, Philly really was hurt last week. The fact that they didn't have uh, a running back that they could run the clock out on uh, or or feel legitimately could run the clock out uh, with them. And, you know, that hurt them with Carolina coming back in the fourth quarter and beating them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they make a move for some running back that they could put in as their starter going forward by Tuesday. Just makes all the sense in the world because, you know, as we keep talking about this, NFC East is up for anybody's grabs, pretty much anybody except the Giants. I don't think the Giants ever have a chance to get back in this run. Even at one and five, uh, with you know Washington at four and two, you know it could still be done mathematically. I just don't expect it from the Giants, especially now that they're already selling off pieces. I think there's a couple more pieces they sell off before Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. We'll talk about the Giants uh, in a bit, and uh, that one and six, they're done. <laughs> yeah, one and six. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, and you mentioned the Jags' defense, thirty points per week is what they've given up over the past three weeks. First four weeks, they uh, were only giving up an average of 14 points per game. So, uh, And, and just the, the, that whole locker room. I mean, uh, supposedly uh, they had a, a big to-do in the locker room where they uh, kicked the media out. Uh, some media members walked in in the middle of a, you know, a tense uh, talk in there. So uh, it's just that, that that whole team just seems like it's it's on its way, way down. But... Uh, you know, uh, one guy I want to mention, uh, Dante uh, Moncrief, uh, last four weeks, been pretty good. Uh, five for 109, six for 76, then he had no catches, but seven for 76. Um, tough to trust him or any Jags wide receiver, but he's the guy that's kind of emerged as the number one guy there. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, like I said, Bortles on a, a short leash this week and uh, might be another a little dose of uh, Cody Kessler, too, because uh, one thing the Eagles could do, they, they could get to the quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, no, they could absolutely get to the quarterback. And, you know, as we saw them do to the Giants, I mean, they were on Eli every time he dropped back in that game. And I suspect a lot of the same. Look, there's a lot of people in this organization that already think Kessler should be the starter. Uh, You know, they think he has better tools than Bortles in some respects, and they want to see what he could do as a long-term starter. So that may be coming a lot quicker than people think, and it may be in this game if Bortles gets off to a bad start. And that's the problem. You know, a lot of people are on Keelan Cole and uh, Dante Moncrief this week as very viable starts because Philadelphia has been so bad against the pass. But if Bortles comes out and is just not on target and we see the change mid-game, it's going to be hard to trust both of those guys in this matchup. Yes. Yep, yep. I agree with you. Uh, So um, the uh, Jags have given up 124 and 128 rushing yards to running backs uh, in each of the past two weeks. But uh, on the Eagles side, uh, you know, it looks like it's a 50-50 breakdown between Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement. I mean, you know, snap counts and uh, snap percentages put aside – What's been going on in the field seems like a close to a 50-50 breakdown. Yeah, absolutely agree. And, you know, it doesn't really play into Clement's hands, uh, the fact that he's the receiving back because, you know, yeah. Jacksonville has been very good against receiving backs, uh, you know, in, in seven games. They've allowed fewer than four receptions a game to running back. So they're not giving up a lot that way. You haven't allowed one running back to score a receiving touchdown on them. Uh, so, you know, they're doing well in, in that. It's, you know, running straight up the gut that they, they've been getting gashed on a little bit. And, you know, that plays a little bit towards more towards Smallwood. But, man, I, I can't buy into Smallwood as a, a guy I want to start. And in, in this case, really, I – I can't say I want to start either him or Clement uh, because mm-hmm. I just don't think the passing value is there for Clement this week either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Zach Ertz, 
tight end extraordinaire, matchup proof and season long. Maybe in DFS, uh, you want to avoid him, right? Jag, second fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends. But then again, I mean, if you're good enough, like Travis Kelsey, he got 105 receiving yards against them. But, uh, uh, you know, Dallas Godert, people were starting to get a little warming up to him. This is not the week to, to sneak him into your lineup. But uh, Alshon Jeffrey, at least one TD in three of his uh, four games since he came back, uh, doing it for Carson Wentz. And a lot of people in on Nelson Aguilar. Oh, I'm not. Um, no, because they're, they're yeah, thinking the Jags are susceptible to slot receivers, you know, inconsistent yeah, it just, he, Yeah, he's been so up and down. And, you know, once Jeffrey came back, he, he kind of went by the wayside. And then all of a sudden, you know, he had that other game. But it was, it looked like, you know, just because he had a better matchup and was more involved. But I'm not sure I could trust that each and every week. Uh yeah, I'm just not buying into Nelson Aguilar at this point. You know, no matter what he did last year, we still see Jordan Howard taking some shots in the slot as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Ertz is there, Jeffrey is there. You know, those are the one, two targets. Aguilar, you know, third or fourth at best, and I just don't trust him. There you go. You heard it here. Doesn't trust him. Well, uh, trust us to come back and talk about the Jets and the Bears. We'll be back. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. We're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network uh, Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena along with the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. Sean Engel, the Fantasy Prince. Welcome back to our house. I used to like this tune back in the 80s. 80s had some uh, some fun, uh, fun music to listen to. I know you're really into heavy metal though, right, uh, Jim? Okay. Uh, early heavy metal, yeah. Later heavy metal, not so much. You, you go back to mm-hmm. early Black Sabbath, you know, things mm-hmm. like that, absolutely all in on. Uh, the later stuff, the thrash metal, the death metal, no, can't stand that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, we're talking, uh, like you said, you mentioned uh, Black Sabbath. Uh, you into Deep AC, Purple. DC? Deep Purple, yeah, okay, AC, cool. ACDC yeah. more because they're a fun band. They do heavy metal-ish, but they're a fun band. You know, right, you, right. you can have fun with it. Uh, it. It's always good to have fun with a band that plays, you know, three chords. Sure, <laughs> yes. So, uh, you had, back to that uh, Eagles-Jacksonville game. First of all, we have to... Uh, make our pick on this game just for the heck of it right uh but uh, you had wanted to mention uh, something about zach ertz yeah look, you know, Jacksonville's- <laughs> exactly right, that's it we'll said. move on yeah 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 <laughs> um you know jacksonville you know hit their numbers are great against tight ends only one uh one touchdown allowed on the season only 275 yards in seven games but you know mm-hmm. temper that because they haven't faced anybody in the last five games that even has uh, a decent tight end except kansas city and you already mentioned that kelsey mm-hmm. got 100 yards for them so people that are downplaying Ertz this week don't do it uh jack Ertz is playing way too good right now. He's getting targeted the most on the team. That's not going to change this week at all. Don't push off Ertz because you think the, the defense is too much of a challenge based on what they've done all year. They haven't faced anybody like him except Kelsey. They faced Gronk early in the year, but Gronk hasn't been Gronk. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Engram got hurt. Wasn't really the same. You know, Kelsey did it to him. I think Ertz is going to do the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, would you put him in a in a DFS lineup? I mean, season long, he definitely should be in no, no matter what. I agree with you. I don't have any problem him putting in. him in mm-hmm. a DFS lineup. But to tell you the truth, more times than not, I'm looking for a value at, at tight end. I don't want to spend the money at tight end. I'd much mm-hmm. rather spend the money at wide receiver or running back or good flex than I do at tight end. There's still a lot of good values each and every week at tight end. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair point. Um, so the spread here is three and a half with the Eagles uh, over the Jags. I personally, I think the uh, Eagles easily cover this. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, uh, be honest with the way Jacksonville's playing right now on offense and Bortles maybe sitting at some point in this game. You know, I, I kind of thought this spread would be a little more than what we're mm-hmm. seeing now. And, uh, you know, I, I think Eagles have to cover this. They need to win win this game. I think if mm-hmm. they get up early, they don't take their, their foot off the gas pedal and they keep going because they don't want to see, you know, what happened last week. So I, I like the Eagles in this one. Yeah. And what about the uh, over-under? Uh, personally, I'm, I'm going under on this one. I, I, I think maybe like a, a 24-10 Eagles, well, 24-13. You know, it, it, it started out as a 41, so it's bumped up to 43 now. And, you know, so they're, they're thinking it's going to be a little higher scoring than originally started. You know, mm-hmm. those, those young 40s are tough because it's so easy to hit 20 nowadays mm-hmm. with these high-flying offenses. Uh, yep. You know, I, Right now, I I think my bet would be to go with the over in this one. Uh, okay. Most of the time, it looks like two de- good defenses come together. You get that under. I just don't think that. I think we see that over in London this week. Okay. All right. Uh, so let's move on to the uh, Jets traveling to Chicago, and they are an eight and a half point underdog. And the over-under in this game is a 44. And both you and I liked Jermaine Curse last week, and uh, he did uh, diddly squat. <laughs> yeah. Well, so did the defense. Uh, the defense liked him a lot. Um, yeah. You know, look, let's face it. It was him or, you know, Robbie Anderson is what the defenses were looking at and who they were trying to stop, and they did it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Chris Herndon scored for the second week in a row, and now right. he's got fantasy owners jumping through hoops trying to pick him up. You know, I don't know if that's going to be a long-term thing or, you know, it just took defenses two weeks to realize that all of a sudden this guy could catch a touchdown pass uh, because Mm -hmm. we didn't see it before the last two weeks and nobody saw it coming the last two weeks. But I'm pretty sure defenses now will start to make accommodations for him, uh, especially Mm -hmm. with Robbie Anderson looking to be out this week. Yeah, he's doubtful. Don't be surprised Mm -hmm. that, you know – to me, I think the, the sneaky play here, uh, and I, I love him in, in you know a tournament GPP type play this week, is going to be Rashard Matthews. Uh, I had a feeling um, you were going to say that. Yeah. Else. Yeah, yeah, they got nobody right, else right. on the field. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's been there a short period of time, but he's definitely mm-hmm. their most accomplished wide receiver. He's a quitter. No, uh, no, but uh, <laughs> he is a sneaky play. <laughs> but he's a quitter. No, uh, <laughs> but um, Jets also had some news where uh, they had to put Bilal Powell on the IR. At first, they thought it might be a season, a uh, career ender, but uh, I think he, he'll be able to recover. But definitely done with the season. Uh, it's uh, always season. tricky when you deal with those neck issues. Yes, yes, absolutely. So uh, Bears yet to allow a rushing touchdown. Third fewest fantasy points per game to a running back. So uh, Isaiah Crow. Well, full practice, but he's just been so unpredictable, right? He had that 219-yard uh, uh, rushing game against the Broncos. Uh, you know, he had a good game against Detroit Week One, that uh, 102 yards and two TDs. Uh, then he's had five games of where he's rushed the ball 40 yards or less. So uh, a lot of people w- were in on uh, Elijah McGuire. And uh, Trenton Cannon as uh, kind of like a change of pace back, uh, maybe more, you know, catching the ball. But I'm looking at Trenton Cannon's stats, man. Very impressive in college. The guy averaged uh, like 7.28 yards per carry, and that's on 554 carries. I guess you have to kind of take into account the level of uh, competition that he was facing. But uh, had four catches for 69 yards last week. Yeah, no, look, he looked good in preseason as well. He got plenty of playing time in preseason. Looked good there. Uh, you know, he's good, exciting back. Is he somebody that could, you know, take a lead back role? I don't think he's built that way. But he does have a, a nice role as a compliment, at least this week. Probably changes next week when Elijah McGuire is back, as you mentioned. Uh, but mm-hmm. he, he might be a one-week wonder this week uh, against the Bears defense where, you know, let's face it, again, another defense that hasn't, done as well as they did to start this season. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it just hasn't been the same defense. So uh, I'm not ready to, 
you know, just throw these guys out. But it, it's going to be a tough matchup. It really is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Bears are, uh, you know, over the season uh, are not allowing a lot of catches to running backs. Uh, I think it's, mm-hmm. uh, man, I forgot to write it down, but I think it's, you know, like four, four and a half receptions a game, uh, mm-hmm. somewhere around 34, 35 yards a game. So not big numbers, you know. But I think Cannon, in desperation, may see a little bit more than that today. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then on the Bears side, uh, Mitch Trubisky, three straight games with at least uh, 316 passing yards. Uh, Jets are allowing the the most receptions to wide receivers, fifth most fantasy points per game to wide receivers. But Allen Robinson still dealing with this groin issue. It looks like this last I saw it could be a game-time decision. They're not saying that, but that's what it looks like to me. Or if he plays, he could be a decoy. So, I mean, uh, last week I was in on Taylor Gabriel. He let me down. <laughs> Do we try again? Oh, absolutely. Uh, look, you know, like you said, Allen Robinson, even if he plays, he's not 100 percent. Taylor Gabriel, you know, leads the team uh, in target distribution, uh, especially over the last three weeks. Uh, but, you know, and is playing the best out of all the wide receivers, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller. Gabriel is the one who's been putting up the better numbers Um you know, except for last week, it just didn't show up. And that's going to happen. It just is, uh, depending on game flow, game script, all of that's going to change in a week. But he has been their most consistent wide receiver. I, I don't see that changing this week. He, he's the guy of the three I, I really like. Uh, Robinson scares me a little bit with this injury, with the game time decision. But if he plays, I'd probably stick him in there. You know, Jets just can definitely get torched by these wide receivers. Yeah, that's going to also be interesting to see. Uh, maybe Anthony Miller could, uh, you know, have a decent game too. So uh, we'll see. Uh, well, yeah, just... absolutely. I mean, coming out mm-hmm. of the slot, you know, Jets mm-hmm. allow the third most yards uh, in the league to slot receivers. So Miller is absolutely in play. That's what I mean. All three of these wide receivers, if they play, have a viable chance of putting up good fantasy numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on the uh, – Running back side for the uh, Bears, Tariq Cohen, definitely the back to start in PPR. He's uh, averaged a little over uh, seven catches and a little over 93 receiving yards per game uh, over the past three weeks. Uh, Jordan Howard, uh, basically other than week three, where he had uh, 24 rushes, hasn't had a game where he's rushed the ball more than 15 times. So uh, a little bit uh, has to do with what he's done with the ball once he gets it. A little bit has been, you know, just uh, the Bears not – Fully committing to using him, you know, the, the 15, the 18, the, the 20 uh, carries that some some of these backs, they need that, you know, that kind of usage to really get going. Yeah, but he's not fitting the mold that the offense is running right now, which is a fast, high-tempo, up-tempo offense, and he doesn't fit that mold. You know, he mm-hmm. slows the game down, and that's not what they're doing, and that's why we're seeing Cohen being on fire. I mean, last three weeks, 22 receptions, 378 total yards, three touchdowns over that span is because he fits that mold better. You know, Howard is still going to get some work, especially if they get up early on somebody, then he's going to get some chances and, you know, may score a late touchdown. But until he gets to that point – if the game script doesn't say, I mean, they're going to use Cohen. He's just the more explosive back. Uh, he gives them, you know, so much more flexibility than Howard does. Yep, yep. Uh, good point there. Uh, Trey Burton, three straight games with a TD. Last week, 11 targets, nine catches, 126 uh, receiving yards. Comfortable using him? Oh, absolutely. Again, he, he fits his mode mold perfectly uh, over the last three games again. And we keep referencing three games. Well, that's because those last three games are the first time we saw Chicago's offense, you know, stand up and be the offense we thought they would be coming into the season. You know, Trubisky's Mm -hmm. all of a sudden playing great. They they got the fast-paced options on the field making plays, and Burton fits that mold. He actually leads the team with 19 targets over the last three weeks, 15 receptions, 235 yards, three touchdowns. You know, he is absolutely doing a great job. And, you know, again, he's going against a Jets defense that's considered very tough against tight ends. But, you know, when they go against a better tight end, they can be beat. They just haven't, again, haven't faced many good tight ends this year. Um, You know, let's face it, uh, Indy, they had Ebron and they had Rudolph. Okay, Ebron's been having a great year, didn't do much against them. But outside of that, really hasn't faced any good tight ends. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely right. So what are we thinking about this game? Uh, Eight and a half points. Seems like a lot, but do you think that the Bears could cover at home? Um, Yeah, yeah, man. Um, 
you know, I, I think a lot of it comes down to how healthy Khalil Mack is. Uh, if he's fully back to health and, you know, ready to go, then I think he, he gives this Jets offense fits. But if he's still not, you know, the Khalil Mack we saw in the beginning of the season, if he's still a little gimpy and a little slow to the edge and making plays, then I think, you know, Jets can be in this game uh, even without the wide receivers. Ah, man, eight and a half points just seems like a lot because the Jets always seem to step up in these games. And while they Mm -hmm. may not win them, they always seem to keep them close. Um, you know, I just I'm not a huge fan of when you have such a big spread, but then you have a such a low over under. And this is, you know, mm-hmm. 44 points. One of the lower ones on the slate this week. Uh, man, I, I, I just uh, part of me, you know, my my head says Chicago laying the points, but my gut is still saying New Jersey taking the points. This is a tough one for mm-hmm. me. And uh, I, I could see it going both ways if I was really mm-hmm. all in on a pick, though. Uh, man, you know, I. Look, I, I'm going to take Chicago um, to cover. You, you sent me a, you sent me a thing uh, about uh, picking you know games for the week and yeah yeah yeah. You know, this, yeah yeah you had them as minus seven on the sheet you sent me. Well, yeah, because that's down, like from Tuesday. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So if I'm using mm-hmm. that Tuesday sheet that you sent, yeah yeah, if that's yeah. what we're using as a basis, I definitely like Chicago laying the seven because now right. we see that Chicago's down to minus eight and a half. Uh, so right, I'd rather right. lay the seven than the eight and a half. <laughs> feel much more comfortable right, right, there. Right. Right, right. Yeah, and what, just uh, for, for our listeners, um, Fighting Chance Fantasy, which uh, uh, Mr. Day, is, uh, uh, he writes some articles for them. They asked me to be part of this uh, five group uh, of, of people that picks five games, a five-game parlay. So I just sent uh, Jim, you know, the what I get sent and it, what we use is the uh, early week picks. So, uh, but it is eight and a half. And you know what? Just listening to you. You kind of convinced me that at eight, eight and a half, I'm, I'm taking the Jets. <laughs> but but what your your reasoning with the seven, uh, you know, watching that line move up, you know, you know, seven uh, seems like a bargain, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things. You know, people that don't really bet often, you know, you you, you don't think about it, but you when you're gonna. If you decide to make bets, the first mm-hmm. thing you should be doing is looking everywhere that offers you to make bets and seeing what their spreads are because the spreads range um, from, you know, space to space, wherever you are. And you always want to mm-hmm. look for what you think are the best ba- uh, values. You know, find a team you like at whatever the current point spread is at what you're looking at, but then go out and see if there's any other sites giving you a better value. Great, great, great point. Yeah, shop around. My mama told me I got to shop around. Um, so uh, why don't we take a look at a prop bet? I had a prop bet in this game here. I don't know if you, if you took a look. Longest rush in week eight by Mitch Trubisky, who uh, over the past three weeks, and we keep on going back to that three weeks, he's averaging just about 60 rushing yards per game. So the longest rush in week eight by Mitch Trubisky versus the Jets, it's uh, – the over-under is 24.5. The over is plus 3.25. The under is minus 5.50. Do you think that he uh, his longest rush, not total yards, rushing yards, but the specific rush? Oh, man. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. He's definitely been getting it done on the ground. He uh, really has, yeah. Uh, man, I, I, I'm going to say under. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just think it'll be under. I think he, he gets up there in yards. I just think the longest one will be under. Yeah, and, and Jets really don't uh, put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, right? <laughs> so uh, no, but they also they, don't. Yeah. Tr- they don't allow them to really get outside them too often either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So uh, when we come back, we'll continue breaking down Week Eight in the NFL. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galina, Jim Day, the Fantasy Prince, Sean Angle will be right back. And Marshall Falk is here now. (laughs) 